All right, but first, let me lay out how this is going to work again. Uh, first, I try to do one question a week, okay? So we're not taking multiple questions, just one question every single week. Second, I'm going to attempt to be as brief as possible while still answering the question because some of these things can go off rabbit trails. So I'm trying to make it, just narrow it down. You know, some of these can even take up entire college courses, but I want to make sure we're focusing on one thing, small thing at a, at a week, so it's going to be pretty narrow. If you leave here today asking yourself or saying to your family, hey, I got that, I, I appreciate that answer, but what about this or what about that? I don't, I don't, what, there's stuff that's going to come off of that. And if you go home asking those questions, that's great. Here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to go home with it. I want you to open up your Bible and say, okay, let me see if I can find the answer. And I want you to call some people or text or message, Facebook message, whatever you communicate with, and say, hey, I just had this question. What do you feel about this? Or what do you see? Or what have you read? And then if you still hadn't figured it out, come back and find me, and we're going to do it on Sunday morning. Or even if you did and you still want to try to stump the pastor, you can, you can try that, and we can, we can work on that. Just give me a week lead time so I have plenty of time to, to not look like a fool while I'm standing up here, okay? So uh, I encourage you to do that. So give me your questions. You can either submit them via email, faithchurchvt at gmail.com. You can submit them via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, although that's kind of a hard way to do it, but you can submit them there. Uh, a bunch of different ways you could submit these questions. You can even handwrite them and pass them to me or see me after the service and tell it to me, and I'll write it down for next time, okay? All bunch of different ways you can get me your questions, but keep giving me the questions, okay? Keep wanting them. Okay, so every week we're going to follow the same general format. I'm going to read a question. I'm going to attempt to explain why this question is important and how it fits in with how we live out our faith, and then we're going to talk about uh, how to answer this question going to the Bible, and then we're going to talk about action steps we can take once we have the answer. Okay, pretty straightforward. Question, why it's important, answer, what we can do with it. Everybody on board with me? Okay, you can nod your heads or say yes, it's okay. You, you can, whatever you need to do to communicate, we can talk. All right, here we go. All right, so the question is, and you may have heard this phrase differently, so I try to rephrase it as a question because sometimes it's a statement. I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. All right, that's the statement, that's not the question. Second part is, can't I just worship God at my house or alone in the woods or wherever, okay? You can fill in the blank on that part. Can I just worship God there? Now, I'm going to answer that in a minute. First, why is this important? If we're sincerely attempting, if, that's a big if, but if we are sincerely attempting to have a right relationship with God through following Jesus, we have to have a right relationship with others, okay? That's just the bottom line. Whether we want to or not, we have to. That's especially true of our relationships with fellow believers. So if we misunderstand the aspect of our faith, we are allowing ourselves to be robbed of the richness and the beauty of Christian life. And so that's why this, answering this question in the proper way, in the biblical way, is important. All right? So everybody understand that. So let's answer the question. If I'm a Christian, I don't do church. Can I worship God alone or by myself or at the house or in the woods, whatever I want to do? Can I do it in my own way on my own time? Yes. Yay. For those who like to be by themselves, yes and no. All right? Yes and no. Okay, here's why. First, yes. As a born-again believer, if you're following Jesus on your own in private, we can absolutely worship God where we are at. You can sit on your couch with your Bible. You can pray to him. You can sing along with music in the car. Those are all great things, and I encourage you to do those things. We can do that alone anywhere we have to or want to. We can also worship God in the woods. I love going out for a hike. You might like to go hunting in the morning, and it's an awesome experience, all right? 
All those things are great. You can worship God there. You know, as you're standing around admiring and soaking in the beauty that you're seeing around you and just enjoying the cool morning air, all that's great. You can say, wow, thank God for his creation. Thank you, God, that I'm here to, to experience and enjoy it. That's worshiping God. That's great. You can do that. When we make a sincere profession of faith, we can do those things because God fills us with his Holy Spirit, right? We can worship God anywhere because Jesus is now our high priest. You don't have to come to me to worship God, right? You don't have to sit here to worship God. You can worship anywhere because Jesus is the one who saved you. He is the one who is standing before the throne interceding for you. He's the one mediating for you. And so you don't have to come to me. You don't have to do any of this stuff. You can go straight to the source, which is awesome, right? That's the great news, part of the good news, that we can go straight to him. We have full access to God the Father. But we must be careful, big but, we must be careful here to call what we're doing alone if we're worshiping God on our couch or in the woods church. Because I've heard that phrase. I've said, oh, I do church in the woods, or I do church in my house. We must be careful if we call that church. All right? Worshiping God, yes. Church, mm, not really. Not when we're by ourselves, because the reason we can't do that is because if you look throughout the New Testament, really I encourage you to look throughout the whole Bible, which we'll get to in a minute, but look through the whole thing, and you'll see, especially in the New Testament, that the word church does not refer to a building. It's not this, okay? It doesn't refer to a particular place, all right? It's none of those things. It refers to a gathering of people to worship God together. That's church, all right? We could go outside and do that together, we could go down there by the river during the summertime and hang out and swim and, be, and do church together down there. We could do all those things. As long as we are people gathered together, we are church. All right? And I'm going to dive a little deeper into that. But it's not about where we're at. It's not about any of this. It's about being either by yourself and worshiping, which is great, but coming together is when you're the church. All right? Big difference. So, while we can have a great experience worshiping outside, if we're hiking, we're hunting, riding your bike up and down seven, if you want to do that, I'm, I don't have a death wish, but if you want to, you could do that. Uh, you know, even sitting on the couch, enjoying some music, whatever you're doing, that's all great. You can do that. I encourage you to do that. But it doesn't take the place of physically gathering together as his people. Now, I understand why people ask this question, though. I completely get it, all right? Because church isn't perfect. Newsflash, I know, right? So just in case you didn't know that the people sitting to your right or to your left this morning don't have it all together, all right? I don't have it all together, right? I don't. I'm not perfect. I'm going to miscommunicate. There's going to be some times where you say, well, why didn't he tell me that? And I forgot. You know what? I'm sorry. I probably do it several other times. Talk to my wife. Y'all can commiserate together, and y'all can talk about how bad I don't talk to each other sometimes. So that's, that's on me. I'm not perfect, right? We all have our stuff, and I know whenever you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go to church, it's because, oh, I had to sit next to that person, or, oh, I got to get up and go do this, and I got to go drink coffee with people I don't really like. I mean, it's just not a fun time most of the time, right? Even if it's good coffee. Eh, yeah, I like drinking coffee, and I love really good coffee, and I'll go to Tunnel City, but being around all those people gives me the creep sometimes, all right? So it's nice, but it's messy. Church is messy. People are messy. Anytime you have a group of people together, you're going to find out that none of you have got it together. None of us have got it together. And you have to either deal with it and work through it, or you run away and hide. That's the two basic ways we deal with it, right? You've got to work through it sometimes. I know church is inconvenient. It's awkward. Meeting and talking with people. We just talked about this, that this morning, right? Meeting and talking with people can leave us vulnerable, can't it? 
If you got to talk to somebody and open yourself up to somebody you've never met before, that means that you're, you're opening yourself up. You're allowing them to come into your life. Even just a little bit can be scary. You're putting yourself out there. They're putting them out to you. It's, it, can be, it can be terrifying, especially if you're an introvert like me. It's incredibly intimidating. I don't want to tell you what i got going on in my life. I like my life in my little bubble over here, and you stay in your little bubble. We have bump bubbles occasionally, but don't, we don't need to interact and, and like melt our bubbles together. That's kind of weird. All right? So to me, it, I don't like that. But the Bible says that we are called together as his people. We are called together as his church. And so that takes some of the, uh, the meanness out of it, doesn't it? It makes me that no matter what my feelings are, no matter what my feelings or reasons are, if they're valid or not valid for not wanting to be part of a local church, we have to do it to authentically live out our faith together. You can't get away from it. Not, if you read through the whole New Testament, you cannot get away from that fact. Now, I know you're probably thinking, of course you would say that, right? Of course you tell us, Pastor, you've got to come together. Your job depends on it, all right? If y'all don't come together, I'm out of work, right? So, yeah, come to church, right? No, 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 no. If I could honestly read through the Bible and come to the conclusion that I could worship God by myself and not have to gather together with anybody else, I would be the first person sleeping in next week. Okay, I'd be the first person laying up in bed and snoozing through my alarm five or six times and calling it the best Sunday ever, all right? But that's not what it is. I can't. I cannot read this, and I don't think anybody can, and come to the conclusion that we cannot or that we have to not come together. We have to come together. We have to come together as a church. I can find other ways to make a living, but I can't find a way to do church without coming together. God designed faith like he designed people. Ever wonder why you want to get together with somebody? Why, why you want to have a relationship with other people? We desire that. Most of us do, at least one time in our lives. You might get burned a few times, and you're really like, man, I really don't want to associate with those people. But initially, we have some thoughts where, wow, I really want to be connected somewhere, somehow, to somebody. Right? We have that. All of us are made that way. And God designed our faith to be just as communal, just as we want to be connected to at least one other person in our lives, that we need to be connected to each other because God made us that way. He wired us that way. It's not complicated. He made us to do this. He designed our faith to be communal. He designed it to be interdependent to each other. And I encourage you to look from the Bible from cover to cover. Over and over again, you'll see God simply not calling a person, but calling a people to himself. You can go back to the very beginning. He called Abraham from his home. And what did he do? He didn't say, Abraham, sit here and you're going to be fine. And I'll take care of you. He said, no, I'm going to make you a nation. He said, out from, from your descendants, you're going to be born a whole nation, as many as the stars of the, of the heaven and the sand of the, of the sea, on the seashore. It's, he said, I'm going to form this thing out of you, a whole people from you. And later, he called Moses to lead that people out of Egypt, a whole group, not just one or two people that God liked, a whole people that really didn't follow God that well, but he still said, I'm going to call them out, and I'm going to send one person to lead them out as his people, and years later after that, he called David to stop tending sheep. David had a great gig. He All he had to do was go out and farm, right? He just had to go out and tend to the sheep, and the sheep were doing great, and as long as the sheep were good, he was good, right? And he didn't have to go talk to anybody. His brothers, who didn't like him very much, were off doing something else, and he could be out in the south field just chilling and hanging out and making sure no wolves were coming around. It was a great gig. It was awesome if you liked being by yourself. 
But God said, no, you're going to become a king who's going to lead this whole people. God was always drawing people out of themselves and into something bigger, into worshiping him together. And you look throughout the New Testament, and the pattern keeps going because we see from David comes Jesus years and years later. Now, if you don't have time to read through the entire Bible, I understand that, to get a picture of where I'm coming from, take an hour or two to read one of the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of those. doesn't matter. Take one. Even just read a few chapters of it and look at the life of Jesus. Examine that for just a minute. Just look at how he interacts. Other than times of personal prayer, Jesus was always around somebody else. Always. Now, we don't know if Jesus was an introvert or an extrovert. It really doesn't matter, does it? Because no matter what he was, personality-wise, he knew his place was among God's people. Right? So if you look anywhere through, you'll see that that's where Jesus was. He knew that if there was anybody capable of worshiping God on his own, it was Jesus who was fully God, fully man. He could do worshiping God on his own the best of anybody, but he chose not to because he knew that God's plan was to call out a people to worship together. That's what the church is. Now, there are many metaphors used in the New Testament to describe what the church is, all right, and what it should look like. But one of the best is given by Paul to a local church in a, in a place called Corinth, which was ancient Rome. And I'm going to read a good bit here, and we're going to put the last three or four verses on the screen, but I'm going to read some to, to ramp us up to it. Because Paul was writing to this church, this gathering of believers, and they were having some problems. And he said, here's what the church should look like. And so he starts here in chapter 12, verse 13. He says, for in one spirit... We were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would make it not any less part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, what would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. You are the body of Christ and individually members of it. What I love about Friday and anytime we do things together is because we are the body together. You have gifts and talents and things in you that I don't. God has blessed you with things that I don't have, and vice versa. 
And you say, wow, that makes me seem like I don't have it all together, like he didn't give me everything I need. And, and no, he didn't. And he didn't give me everything I need until I met you. And you met me. Because when he puts us together, it is no longer a mouth up here going this until y'all ready to fall asleep, right? It's not that. It's the mouth. It's the hands. It's the feet. It's the fingers. It's even the fingernails. It's even the nose hairs sometimes. All right, you might be the nose hair part of the body. I hope you're not. But if you are, you can be the, those are all important things, all right? Those are important things. They all have a serve, serve a purpose and a plan in the body. And they serve a purpose and a plan here together. Each of us are together for a reason, a purpose, and a plan. Because God has composed it to be that way. And it's amazing. It's amazing because we are messed up people. Yet even though we are messed up, God has brought us together to use us together as one body. Now, does that mean sometimes we're going to stump our toe and that foot's going to be limping around and the rest of it's going to be dragging along because of it? Yes, because if one member suffers, all members suffer. Does that mean that sometimes somebody's going to get an honor in the community and, we can, and somebody's going to be lifted up and you're like, wow, look at that, and they're going to be from this body of Christ, this church, and we can say, oh, look at them, and we're all going to feel better because of that one person? Yes, because all rejoice together when one member is honored, right? We're all in the same boat, one way or the other. We're either sinking or swimming, right? We're either rowing together or we're not going anywhere. I'm a pretty good swimmer, but I can't get out and I can't pull us, this church, anywhere. Not very far, not very long. But together, when we grab the oar, each of us doing our part, God threw us. That's when the body happens. That's when things happen the way it's supposed to. That's when we are the church Ladies and gentlemen, this is what church look like, looks like. Not just this Sunday morning. A body knitted together by God to give him glory by working in sync with one another. Now, I've been in a lot of churches, all right? I've been in a lot of churches that did not operate this way. They went to church on Sunday, okay? Everybody would come together, and they'd be great. And everybody would, would, would smile They'd smile the prettiest smiles, and they would be shake the, the biggest hand. They'd give you the biggest tug, and everything was A-OK from 10 to 11. And then at 11.01, all right, I'm gone. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go home, and I'll see y'all next week. That's not church. I like being there. I had some, uh, some awesome worship experiences being together on Sunday morning with them. We sang great songs, and we, we did some cool stuff together for that hour. But past that, we weren't doing anything together. That part of that maybe was my fault. Maybe I just wasn't engaging right. But part of it was culturally, we just weren't engaging the way the church is supposed to engage. That isn't the church you see in the New Testament. That isn't the church that Jesus prescribed. Now, I love Sunday morning. I love this experience because it's unique. All right, You can go to a concert. You can get a taste of what kind of being around a bunch of people singing together is like. You can go to a TED Talk in California and see what, or listen, watch it on YouTube and get a kind of a feel of what a message is like. But doing it all together with the power of God amongst us is radically different than anything else you could do together. Sunday morning is great. I'm not saying we deny Sunday morning. But that's not the only time we do church. Sunday's a great time for me the mouth to do my part, right? This is where I get to run on and on and on. You get to tell me to hush so we can go home and eat, right? But the hours before this hour and the hours after this hour is the time for church. That's when the body really gets moving. 
That's when the, the gifts really get going. That's when things really are acting the way they should be. Because everybody is given a gift to use together to fulfill the, the body of Christ, to be a responsibility to each other, to cooperate and operate and gift and talent together to be what he has called us to be. That's when church happens. Every person who commits to being a part of this body, this local church body here, right here in this room, commits to being a part of a team when they sign on, all right? We go, through, we go through a basic training course, and by the end of that course, you're assigned, or at least working towards getting assigned to a team. And the reason for that is, is because I'm, we're working on a New Testament model. Church doesn't happen here on Sunday only. It happens when we're working together all the time. So your team, whatever team you're on, if you've been here enough to go through the training, you're assigned to a team. That team is church. That's your church. All right? That's the body coming together to work together to fulfill God's glory and purpose and plan. That's actually church at its finest. That's exactly what we're having described here. Tuesday, when, when Will had Will's nephew, it's great, I hadn't met him before, had Don, and we had a truck and a trailer. We didn't, have, we didn't sing, that I know of, I don't remember singing. We didn't sing. You know, I, didn't, I didn't break out the Bible and, 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 and read a special word from it. It was four guys in a truck going down to help someone who needed help moving some stuff and then grabbing some tables and moving them down here to set them up in the, in the welcome center for Friday night. That was church. That was church. We did church. Well, Don, we did it. All right? Tuesday night, Miss Don, Miss Jam, Miss Lisa, I'm sure somebody else I'm forgetting. Maybe my wife. That's probably what we're forgetting. All right. She came in. She's not up here. Don't tell her. All right. They all came up here, and they decorate everything in there. That was church. Friday night or Friday afternoon, we got together, set up stuff for outside, got everything ready. Miss Robin and, and all the people who helped cook and prepare, all the food we served out. Uh, Jim Winchester, who donated some stuff, whether he realized it or not, was doing church. <laughs> all right. All right. We got him. We got them. Yeah. That whole Friday night when we were working together, standing around a lot of times, hanging out, not really doing a whole bunch, it seemed like. We were doing church. Okay. That's the church. That's the body at its finest. We had church yesterday morning. Y'all had church when you were cleaning up, right? That's the body at work. Sunday is great. I love it. I want this place packed out, and I pray that God continues to bring more and more and more. I love this. But what I love is that this is just a taste. This is just the tip of what the church is. The hard work, the rewarding work, the one where everybody's pulling together happens day in and day out during the week. That's true church. That's what I love the best. God has placed us together, linking together, and growing us together. If you see a chain that's on the door over there. It's multicolored little D-links that are, that, are, that are together. I meant to put it on. I forgot. But it's on that door right in there. You can see it. That's just a representation of this body. All right? All of us linked, to God, linked together. God has linked us together. Hopefully unbreakable. For his purpose and his plan. Each one of us serving a part and a purpose. It hangs there day in and day out as a reminder that we are his church day in and day out. Now, as much as part of me 
would want to worship alone on my own time, in my own way. There is no amount of private church that I can have that can fill me up, that can satisfy me like doing church with you. Not Sunday. Sunday's great, love doing it. Day in, day out, his church. Is it messy? Yeah. Do we have to confess to one another and say, hey, I messed up this week. I mean, I, 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 I flipped somebody off whenever I was driving down the road. I was so mad. Yeah, we have to do that sometimes. We do. I got road rage, Pastor. I do too sometimes. Let's work through it together, all right? I had one too many drinks that past weekend. I got it, I, but we've all been there. Let's work through it together. Me and my daughter, me and my son are getting along. Yes, I understand that. Let's talk about that together. Doing church together means getting messy together. Rejoicing together. Suffering together. One body. Together. That's church. Several years ago, there was a lady named Peggy. I didn't know Peggy. I just read this story. But there was a lady named Peggy who was having excruciating pain in her ankle. It was just debilitating. It felt severely sprained, she said. She went to the doctor and said, it feels like i got a sprained ankle. You know, it hurts really, really bad, Doc. I don't understand what's going on. She said, it felt like if, if, if my toe were twisting to the point where it was being ripped off. That's how bad it felt. And she told the, the surgeon, she said, the pain is right here. And she pointed to it. She said, right there in my ankle and my foot. The problem was that she no longer had that ankle or foot. Her leg had been amputated below the knee after a large piece of computer equipment had fell off a cart. It had crushed her foot. It caused her severe nerve damage. Even still, after the amputation, she could still feel her toes moving. It's called phantom limb, right? And she was having phantom limb pain when she felt that pain. Lynn Webster, who was the anesthesiologist, explained it. He said, or she, she explained it. She said, with phantom pain, nerves that transmitted information from the brain to the missing part of the body continue to send those impulses which relay the message of pain. Those who are disconnected from the body are hurt. And those, the body is hurt because of the disconnection, because the brain sends messages and the foot's not getting, the, hurts, the foot's hurt because it can't send the messages back, right? You got all sorts of things messed up when you're cut off from the body. The enemy wants to cut you off from the local body. He wants to, because if you get cut off, my mouth's still going to keep going. The brain's going to start, the, God's still going to send impulses down, but that, that part, of, part of the body is going to be missing. That hurts the body, and that hurts the one that's been dismembered. That hurts the part of the body that's gone. You suffer, we suffer. Now you say, I'm not that important, Pastor. I can leave next week, and it's no big deal. Nobody's going to notice if I'm gone or not. I pray that's not the case. I've been in churches where that is the case. I've been one of those who float in and out. That's not church. That's not a body. Every time one of you are sick, missing, hurt, I pray that we feel sick, missing, and hurt. Not just me. Not that just I have to go to the hospital to see you, or not that I have to go to your house and, and give you some food. I pray we feel it. Because that's when we're operating as a church. That's when we're a body of Christ. We cannot do it without each other. If we can, we're doing it wrong. I don't want to do it wrong. 
I want to do it unified and together, different, the way the Bible says to do it. Now, there are those who have been disconnected from bodies before, church bodies, not actual bodies. But fortunately, there is nobody so badly broken that Jesus can't stitch them back together again. Which takes us to our action this morning. If you've ever felt disconnected, dismembered maybe, I pray that God will heal that pain that that separation has caused in your life. I pray that you'll be reconnected, stitched up, put back into his body together. If you've never really connected, there's plenty of people like that. If you've always been on the fringe, and well, I don't really want to do church. I, 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 I don't want to know if I want to really engage. That's scary. I got it. It means I sacrifice some things like, you know, not be able to do some of the stuff I like to do so I can make it on certain, you know, Sundays or during the week to help out. Yeah, it takes a lot. I'll admit it. That's the challenge to you. I don't want church to be easy. <laughs> I don't. I like a challenge. <laughs> and I'm going to challenge you. And that's a good thing. I pray we challenge each other. And I pray that if you've never really been a part of the church as the way uh, that Jesus prescribed and the way that Paul describes in the New Testament, I pray that God stitches you here. He puts you with this body. And I pray that you genuinely ask God, is this the one, is this the body? Is this it? Is this where I need to be? Is this where you've placed me? Is this the body I need to be attached to? Now, if you know somebody, as we started out with this question, if you've known somebody who's ever told you, oh, I do church by myself. I do it in the woods. Every time I go hunting, I do church. If you know that person, pray for them this week. Pray for them. Can they worship by themselves? Absolutely. I hope they do. Should they be part of the body? Yes, they should. Go visit them this week as you're praying for them. Invite them here. Again, this is just the tip of the iceberg, but invite them here. But not just here. <laughs> you know, Invite them to church, whether it be Sunday morning or whether it be Saturday morning or whether it be Tuesday morning. Go out for a cup of coffee with a couple of us together. Whatever it is, do church together. Invite them along to be part of that experience. So I encourage you this week, let's be the church this week.